0: Amen. Thank you guys. Church, if you will go ahead, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Judges. We began a series on the book of Judges last week discussing strengths and weaknesses. Strengths. And weaknesses, and in discussing it, we found out that man, we've got ourselves chock full of weaknesses, and the only strength that we have that we can imagine that we can even perceive is only the strength that God has given us. Now, as we transition to today, little story for you: Go back a couple of years. The week right after. I preached in view of a call here at Grace Baptist Church, so the week of Easter, almost as soon as that service was over, the following morning, Sarah Beth and I got away for a few days. A lot going on, a lot of transition, and we went to one of our most favorite places, Charleston, South Carolina. Can I get an amen? Okay, there you go. Very good. Now, while we're down there, one of our favorite things to do, no agenda, no no schedule that you go by. We just wanted to... all right so we end up going to the battery walking around we love the downtown market in charleston all the shops the vendors the eateries and we noticed and there's several that there was a street artist that was there making drawing caricatures of other people they've got them all over the place and for years as long as i've known her Sarah Beth would always say, there ain't no way you ever sit me in front of one of them. I'm scared to death of what somebody's going to draw a picture of me about. I don't want it, and I didn't know the woman that I was with, but she looks at me and says, hey, we're kind of here for our 10th anniversary. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if we sat down and let somebody draw us? And I asked, who in the world are you and what have you done with my wife? But being 10 years in marriage, I knew not to say that. I just knew to say, yes, ma'am. So we sit down, the artist even tells us, okay guys, here's what I'm gonna do, set your pose as best you can, and be as still as you possibly can. And he said, now Sarah Beth, I'm gonna start with you, and then Kyle, I'll start drawing you second. Great. So he starts drawing Sarah Beth. And we're sitting, okay, and we're facing the street. So people are walking back and forth, the artist has his back to them, so people are walking by and seeing, what he's drawing. And this is what would happen. As he's drawing Sarah Beth, people would look and they'd grin. And they'd say, aw. And they'd say, oh, how precious. How sweet. oh." And we're thinking, man, this guy must be doing a pretty good job. And then he started drawing me. And I'm sitting there, grinning, posing, and I said to Sarah Beth, why have all the people going by why have they all of a sudden changed what they're saying they ain't grinning no more and they're not saying oh how precious
1: now they're laughing
0: (laughs) am I lying (laughs) they'd start laughing and they'd look up and they'd look up at me and then they'd laugh some more and keep going (laughs) so I'm thinking oh boy what have we gotten ourselves into? Those reactions started to change and some of you have seen this, but this was the result. Go ahead. Yeah. I hear you Ken Theobald. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. I paid some hard-earned money for that and Sarah Beth loves it me, not as much. Y'all supposed to quit laughing by now. <laughs> here's, here's the takeaway. Listen to me. Other people do not typically see you the way that you see yourself. Other people do not typically see you the way that you see yourself. That can be positive. That can be negative. Others could see something about you that you've never even considered about yourself. And from there, We go to our text today. Begin reading with me. Judges chapter 6, beginning in verse 11. Here we go. The angel of the Lord came, and he sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, Hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. And he said to him, "'Please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my my father's family. But I'll be with you,' the Lord said to him. "'You will strike Midian down as if it were one man.' Then he said to him, "'If I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me.' Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. Verse 19, So Gideon went and prepared a young goat, an unleavened bread from a half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat with the unleavened bread. Put it on this stone and pour the broth on it. So he did that. The angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Oh no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Don't be afraid, for you will not die. So Gideon built an offer to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. It is still in Ophrah of the
1: Abizrites today. Let's pray together. God in heaven, thank you That Gideon is so relatable.
0: So many characteristics and qualities that unfortunately we share with him. But also God, thank You that You are mighty. That You are
1: strong. That You are gracious and merciful. Lord, we need You today. Bless us as we read Your Word and as we glean from it how we
0: are to obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're doing a bit of a character study today. So jumping right into our very first point. We're looking at a deep dive of Gideon. What we've seen just from these verses that we've read, we understand point number one, that Gideon is weak. Point number one, Gideon, the weak. And the very first aspect of his weakness that we see is in verse 13. He is the complainer. The complainer. The angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, and most scholars equate this to being, this is fun, a theophany. A theophany. Now, some would call this a representative of the Godhead. Some would argue that it is Jesus, okay? But Gideon's response is not all. Gideon's response is not more fear or reverence, but his response is, if the Lord is with us, Why is all this mess happening around us? Now please notice my interpretation, but however, if we look closely, many commentators note the usage of Gideon saying, My Lord. There is some reverence there. There is some respect. Gideon is not so much taking the Lord to task or chewing him out, but he is definitely voicing a dissatisfaction with what God has done, with what has happened to the Israelite people. Here's my question. How many of us have missed the call of Almighty God? How many of us have missed giant opportunities to take part in a movement of God and God's kingdom? Because when it was presented to us, we'd rather complain than be obedient. We'd rather complain than be obedient. Here's the opportunity. But God, what are you going to do because there's a Democrat in the White House? Well, God, how can you perform this when the Republicans are in control of the House of Representatives? Well, God, how are you going to do this with them millennials and them Gen Zers out there, that godless generation? How are you going to do it? God, how in the world are you going to do it with all the sin and this country going to hell in a handbasket? God, what are you going to do? And here's what we've got to understand. There's not a single one of those instances that dictates what God can or cannot do. And what's more disheartening? Godless people acting godless? Or a godly people who would rather complain instead of acting godly? When God rebuts this statement of Gideon's and he says that he's going to send Gideon himself, here's the next response. Verse 15 Gideon then becomes the excuse maker. Some want to make the argument that Gideon is proclaiming to God that he is the weakest and the weakest and the youngest in the family because there is him showing this sense of humility not wanting to pump himself up. He makes himself out to be the least of these. We love people with humble backgrounds that make their way up. But in the very next week when we read, I'll go ahead and give you a little precursor, Gideon is going to talk about his father's livestock, his father's land, and his father's servants that Gideon calls upon. That doesn't quite add up to the weakest and the worstest because we've got nothing when you've got all of these resources around you you guys know what a humble brag is? Well, that humble brag of, oh, you know, Kyle, I, I have trouble walking and chewing gum at the same time. So, ha, you know, I just really don't know how I could teach children in children's church. You know, you know, Kyle, I, I have enough problem getting myself dressed in the morning. I just don't know that I could disciple another believer. You, you know, Kyle, I just. I I just don't really spend a lot of time around lost people, so so I'm not really sure that I need to know how to share the gospel. Or, or, you know, I I don't really want to talk too much about Jesus out in the open because, you know, I, I might offend somebody. All statements being made out of humility, but all of those same statements are straight up excuses. Brothers and sisters, if we proclaim to be believers of Jesus with the Holy Spirit living within us, we are called to daily pick up our cross and become uncomfortable for
1: the sake of Jesus Christ. So what have we recently done to step out in faith?
0: What have you done recently in the name of Jesus to step out and become uncomfortable? can't remember. Be careful. You may be making excuses. Not only if we put God in a box with our complaints, but maybe we're putting our gifts and our abilities that are given to us by the Holy Spirit, maybe we're putting them in a box as well because we're choosing not to use them. Because making an excuse, let's be honest, is a whole lot easier than being obedient. Verse 17, Gideon becomes the doubter. It was not enough for Gideon that God called him and appeared to him. It was not enough for Gideon that God promised that he would be with him as all this was going down. Gideon needed even more assurance. Gideon thought that he deserved more from God. He deserved more certainty from the Lord. Now, some try to take this and justify Gideon asking for a sign, showing him to be careful, wanting to be absolutely sure that this is God and not some other spirit. And We've read in 1 John about testing the spirits, okay. But I'm afraid when we see that, we're only reading it in the context of this story by itself, taking this one moment into consideration. Because here's why even after Gideon asks to receive a sign. He gets one, but there's still not enough assurance. And later on, we're going to read, he asks for another one on top of it. Think about it in regards to the scope of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, working together. Think about the New Testament specifically. In the Gospels, when we hear the story of Jesus, Jesus came to promote and to show signs and wonders. These signs and wonders, the the five loaves and the two fish and the raising people from the dead and the turning the water into wine, all these things. All of these were signs and wonders that were designed to show people who Jesus was, to draw them to Him. Who are the people that asked for the signs? It was the Pharisees. People that didn't believe in Jesus. And even after seeing signs that Jesus performed, they still did not. Believe Jesus. Church, as we go, we've got to make sure we do not forget Hebrews 11.1 The reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. What is it? What is the proof that is not seen? What is the reality of what is hoped for? Faith. We've got to make sure that we understand everything we do. There's going to be an element of faith. We're never going to have a hundred percent assurance of any decision that we make. There will never be a guaranteed outcome. We should expect, get this we should expect every single element of our life should include an aspect of faith to go along with it. When you sat down in the chair that you're in right now, you had to have a little bit of faith that that chair was going to hold you up. It's the
1: truth. <laughs> Praise God, I don't know anybody's fallen yet, but anyways. Is your faith big enough? Big enough to endure.
0: Is your faith big enough that you step out and put yourself on the line for your faith? Or is it easier to hide? Hope that God doesn't call on you to show your faith or to be faithful of what He's asking. Next thing we see from Gideon, he's also, verses 22 and 23, the warrior the warrior, Even after asking for a sign, being given a sign, confirmation that he is speaking to the angel of the Lord, this still does not immediately bring him into awe, wonder, or worship. No. Gideon's first response is, oh no, Lord! He's worried. He's worried for what? He is worried for his life. The angel has to assure him, Father, you surely will not die. Gideon, you're not really thinking right because let's think about it. If He's God and He's talking with you face to face, He could have zapped you a long time ago. Why would He wait until you realize that He is God before He's
1: going to do that to you? Let's remember most,
0: a majority, some say roughly 70%, of the issues that we worry about,
1: they never happen. But they do happen. We know there's a family right now
0: in this church dealing with their absolute worst fear coming to fruition. We're never guaranteed.
1: But living in fear that stops us short of faith is not faith. Let's break this
0: down a little bit further. When we talk about worry, we can break it apart. We can intermingle it with worry, fear, and anxiety. I want to camp out on this just for a moment as anxiety levels have skyrocketed since the year 2020. It's a very real question that we discuss Gideon's anxiety, fear, and worry and make sure that we have it in its proper context. Not all worry, not all fear is created equal, if you will. The Gospel Coalition, it outlines four different types of fear, worry, or anxiety. I want to break these apart super, super fast. Stay with me. We'll make this quick. One type of fear or anxiety is an emotional response. An emotional response to a real or perceived threat. It's a defense mechanism. It works to our benefit. There's nothing wrong with it. It is how we are wired. It is productive. It is a trigger for us to act in certain ways as it comes about. Okay, that's the first one. Second one, clinical fear, worry, or anxiety. This is a disorder. This is debilitating. It is a medical condition. It is an illness that needs to be treated. Neither one of these first two categories is a product of sin. Neither one. Third one. You have a natural consequence of sin. Here's an example. Developing an anxiety because of the usage of a mind-altering drug. okay, Or an anxiety that develops as you become more and more fearful that your spouse will find out about your secrets. That's an anxiety that develops as a direct result of sin. And then lastly, we see the type of fear, anxiety, and worry of Gideon. This fourth type. It's because we do not trust God. Sinful responses to God's providential care. God has told Gideon three separate Times in the verses we read that he would be with him and he would not leave him. Clearly from Gideon's responses that we have seen, he does not trust God.
1: That God will do as He says. It's a result of sin. Are you trusting God for His provision? Are you living in fear, worry, and anxiety as a result of sin? How do we show trust in God's provision? We cannot
0: just walk out into a group of people and say, I trust Jesus! Just because you shout it, or just because you declare it, it does not mean that you did anything. So how then do we show a trust in Jesus? Listen to me. Trust in God. Trusting in God's provision when we are inadequate looks like obedience. Trusting in God looks like obedience. And isn't that what 1 John taught us? That if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you say you love God, you love Him enough to follow what His book says. If we love Him enough, we've got to trust Him. We've got to trust what He says, so we remain obedient to what He says.
1: And what does Jesus say? Do not worry. That's Gideon. We see how Gideon sees himself. But now we're going to see God's Gideon.
0: God's Gideon. Part two. First part. I don't have these written down, so listen carefully. Oh, you had to. They had to. I did write them down. God's Gideon. Though afraid, Gideon is the warrior. Notice what we just did there from that last point. Gideon just went from the warrior to now being the warrior. Why? Because that's how God sees him. And that's all that matters. Let's see it. The very first description that the angel of the Lord gives to Gideon. He finds him. He's hiding. He's trying to do some work that he doesn't want the Midianites to see. And he refers to him as the valiant warrior and you know good and well Gideon had to look over his shoulder and say who else is here because I know Jack you ain't talking to me there's got to be somebody else Even Gideon thought it was a mistake. He had no resume. He had no background whatsoever. So why in the world would the angel of the Lord refer to him in this way? Look back at verse 12. There's some good news that gives you a little insight to it. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Why could God call him the valiant warrior? Because God was with him. The Lord is with you. And that's the confidence that Gideon needed. Gideon was in no way qualified by himself, but with the presence of the Lord, it automatically bolts him up the ranks from where he was. Believe it or not, the company that you keep makes a difference. Me by myself shouting and spitting on stage let not do you a whole lot of good. But say, for some reason, I don't know why he'd be here, but say Michael Jordan came walking through these tours and stood on stage with me. I go from just spitting and shouting and doing all that to all of a sudden, between the two of us, we have six NBA championships, five MVP awards, and ten scoring titles. And I look pretty
1: good, don't I? Church, be honest. With God present
0: In your life. Not just beside you. Not just with you. But through a belief in Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit is living and dwelling within you. We are told in Romans 8. And I keep bringing it up for multiple reasons. We are told that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Bring up Romans 8. Because too often I see believers that act defeated. That humble brag comes out. Oh, you know, Kyle, I just don't know how I'm gonna get, I just don't know. You know, I just can't believe that this is going on, this is the way this is and all that. And you know, I just, well, I'm just, I'm just waiting on Jesus to come back because I just don't know what good I am. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. That's what this says. If we believe it, if it's the truth, if we are to read it and to obey the commands because this is what we believe, you are more than a conqueror in Christ. That means stop acting defeated because guess what? Your defeatist attitude may very well be sin that you're living in. Does your attitude reflect that truth? Gideon didn't have it. Didn't know it. We have that truth living within us and too often we don't show it. Sometimes we've forgotten that He has already overcome the world. We've forgotten that we will be overcomers of the world and be overcomers of death because of Jesus Christ. Second part, who God sees in Gideon. Gideon saw himself as a member of the weakest. God sees him as strong. Whether you interpret it as false humility, whether you interpret it as an excuse, or whether it was just the truth, he said, Gideon says, God, I'm weak. Can't do it. Sure can't do it on my own. And to an extent, brother was absolutely right. Another text that I mention often, I bring it up again because I don't know how often we grasp it, but 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, some of my favorites. I don't even read the first part. The grace is sufficient because we read that and then boy, we glow on it so much we forget the second part. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses insults, hardships, persecutions and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak then I am strong. Church, say that with me. For when I am weak that wasn't too bad. This side has it. For when I am weak y'all gonna have to pick it up a notch but that was okay. I'm giving it to this side on that one. Good job. Now, Kyle, that's so easy for you to say, for you to stand up here and spit about it, but how is it that I become strong in Christ? I'm so glad that you asked. Ephesians 6, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. We won't read through all of them, but here's a quick rundown for you. Do you have trust in the truth? Do you rejoice in righteousness that is defined by the truth? Do you praise in the gospel of peace? Do you follow in faith? Do you stand in your salvation that you and I did not deserve? That strength in Christ. That you and I could do nothing about. Third thing, when doubting, God sees favor. Not really a question that Gideon had a lack of faith that propelled him to ask the angel for a sign. In many ways, it's degrading towards God. It's a slap in the face of who God is and this representative of the Godhead into doing such a thing. But even though there was doubt, God knew what it would mean for Gideon to actually receive this sign, so God graciously gave him the sign anyways. I don't know if you know, and I don't know if you can find it in any other part of the Bible, but here's an episode where God gave grace
1: to someone who didn't deserve it. Amen? One of you got it. Fourth thing, in fear and worry,
0: God gives peace. Remember the setting of the story. When the angel of the Lord comes to him, Gideon's already hiding. He's already afraid. Living in fear. How bad does he have it? After receiving this sign from the Lord, it frightens him. Not a reverential fear, but a fear of death thinking that he was going to die because of his interaction with the angel of the Lord. But what comfort is provided? The angel of the Lord doesn't say, I'll bring you peace. The angel of the Lord does not say, there will be peace. He says, I am. Peace.
1: And peace is with you. Ephesians 2 At a time you were without Christ excluded
0: from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2, 14, here it is. For He is our peace. We made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. Understand, church, as we're experiencing now, not an absence of tragedy, not an absence of grief or mourning, but perfect peace through the valleys, an
1: everlasting peace promised in eternity. Here's the big idea. Going back to the picture of me and Sarah Beth.
0: Doesn't matter how you see you. It doesn't matter how others see you.
1: All that matters is who God says you are. Doesn't matter if they look at you and say, Oh, how precious
0: doesn't matter if you look in the mirror and you giggle at yourself. All that matters is who God says you are. I think of one of the songs that we sing. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You're for me, not against me. I am who you say I am? Do you trust what God says about you? Do you rest in His peace? Well, ask Mark and the band to come on up. And as they do, we prepare for our response time. Transition. Or we'll sing one more song. And here's what we're looking for. Do you rest in a relationship with Jesus Christ? By saying rest, do you admit that you're a sinner sinner, separated from God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ lived, died, and resurrected for your sins? And have you committed to following Jesus? His ways, not my ways. He is greater, I am less. If there's any question about that, if there's any concern about that, if there's any Unsuredness. Come talk to me. We'll talk it out. we got time. You're here. You know without a shadow of a doubt. You don't need the assurance of your salvation, but you do recognize that, well, I see myself more as giddy in the weak than I do of the Gideon that God sees me. I'm the worrier. I'm the complainer. I'm the excuse maker. We cannot physically hand these things down. But God tells us to lay them at His feet. How can we do that? These altars are open. If you wanted to come spend time with the Lord in prayer at these altars, come on. If you want to make an altar out of your chair, all you got to do is turn around and get on your knees and do it. You don't want to do that physically? And you want to bow down in prayer? Go for it. But lay down the weaknesses of you and better understand who God says you Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you are peace. Peace is not man made, peace is not orchestrated, peace is a man. Lord we will continue to walk through valleys. We will continue to walk through chaos, through tragedy, but we have comfort and assurance in your peace. Forgive us God, where our faith lacks. For we ask for assurance and a sign on top of a sign and on top of assurance when we are not acting in faith. Oh God, make us a faithful people that trusts You to the point of obedience. Lord, we love You. Thank You for Your grace and mercy when we could do nothing. We love You, Lord. We continue in worship at this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Grace Bab Cartersville podcast. If you would like more of Grace Baptist Cartersville, make sure you check out our GBC Young Adults podcast. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our services on YouTube.